Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, and since 2016, Monica Shimonik has been coaching moms and dads as they navigate through the treacherous waters of the family law racket. Aside from workshops, which helps with specific problems, her 12-week signature course, The Best Interest of the Parent, uses a four-quadrant model to create a robust healing and empowerment system so that you control the narrative in your life, not the state. It's an excellent program, and I wish I would have taken that when, when I was going through my stuff. Her um, website is included in the podcast notes. Use coupon code SLAMTHEGAVEL to get 10% off her course. Right now, I have with me, I have Colleen Murray, and she is um, owner of Victor's Crown Christian Counseling Center. She is a mom with a husband and three kids. She is a licensed professional counselor. Uh, we have a lot of questions for you. As um, How did you get into all of this? Oh, well, welcome. Uh, and thank you for having me here. Um, I really <laughs> appreciate that today. And um, and I, I'm honored to be on your show and talking to your guests today. How I got involved with, uh, I, I specialize in high-conflict custody, high-conflict divorce cases. And uh, how I got involved with that was I, my dissertation is in trauma and how domestic violence affects children and how we as a society help them when we when they go to domestic violence shelters and um, what I found out is well you know, it doesn't really help very much um, because the philosophy at uh, behavior at uh, domestic violence shelters is is based on the the feminist theory and so it's hard to empower children that are disempowered by their relationships anyway because they're too mm. little right right so um, so I found that there were some lacking things there. And uh, in that same vein of trauma and children, I went and I worked for a little while at um, the CPS for Children's Protective Services for Missouri. And I worked, I worked there as a case manager for a little while. I was finishing some of my graduate work. And, uh, and in that, I, I found that, um, you know, a lot of people were over overtaxed, <laughs> and there were just so many cases. And mm-hmm. so I had the opportunity to work with them. And then I opened my own center, and um, and I had this mom come in one day, and uh, she was looking for a counselor for her her daughter, and and I said, sure, great, no problem. And uh, she sat in for a, did an initial intake, and she mentioned that she was going through a divorce. And that was really stressing out her daughter. And I said, oh, okay, all right. Well, before we can get started, um, I'll need to get dad's, you know, information so I can get his approval because she's under the age of the age of consent. Mm-hmm. And so um, so she she had already written down his information, some of his information on, on the paper, and she kind of hesitated a little bit. And I thought that was kind of strange, but okay. And, uh, and so... Um, about two days later, she, well, she left. I never did see the daughter uh, during the initial intake because I didn't have permission from the father hmm. to do that. And uh, I'm very big on ethics. Hmm. And so I said, okay. And the father called me a couple of days later and, and uh, he said, I absolutely want you to see my daughter. I said, okay, great. So they ended up coming in and, uh, and they, uh, the child was was completely um, in, a, in a state of anxiety that I had never seen in a child before, ever. Aww. And wouldn't go into the room and was screaming and crying and having, for all intents and purposes, a panic attack. Aww. And uh, and I I had never seen this before in a child. And uh, so uh, they left, and I quickly. Googled because you know why would child not want to see parent panic attack? 
mm-hmm. something very generic like this. And that popped a word I had never seen before. Now, I had started my undergrad in 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated and went into the military for 10 years. And then I went back and finished my um, my graduate and my doctoral program. And I graduated, uh, I received my doctorate in 2016. And in all that time, I had never heard of the word parental alienation. Mm-hmm. I had just never heard of it. And so, um, but that's the word that popped up. And I said, that's a new beast. I've never heard of that. Right. right. And I started to do some research on it. And I ordered books and I read them and I started writing to the authors of the books and I started emailing them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of the authors happened to be Amy Baker. Oh. And, uh, and so I connected with her and she became my mentor. Oh, that's nice. But it, it, was, it was a blessing. And, but it was very alarming to me as I dug deeper into it and I found out more about parental alienation and the psychological abuse that goes along with it, that even though I had done my dissertation in trauma, and even though it was focused on domestic violence, out of all the articles that I read, all the research that I read, you would have thought out of all of those, I would have came across something that said parental alienation. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I never came across anything that said that. And it was very alarming and, and it was very concerning to me. Um, I have gone on to become a professor at Drury University. And, uh, and I will tell you that every student that comes through my class hears about it and knows about it by the time they leave. Oh, that's good. Everyone needs to be educated on this. A lot of people don't know this exists. Oh, that's true. I find that I find that a lot. That a lot of people haven't heard of it. It's not that they haven't seen it, though, right? They've mm-hmm. seen it. They just don't know what it is. Like when I was seeing it, because I had worked in foster care and because I had done my dissertation in trauma, I, I hadn't ever seen a child who had been, you know, abused physically, sexually by their parents, refuse to see their parents. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that before. And so I didn't understand what I was really seeing in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, why is this not regularly taught in the undergrad or grad school? That's a really good question. Um, I, I, wish I, I wish I had a good answer um, for that, but unfortunately I don't. Um, you know, I, I have had some conversations uh, with as as I have looked into and been part of different groups for legislation purposes or or um, helping to develop training for for different programs, that is that is something that's hard. It's hard for people to. I've heard that it's hard for people to define. It's hard for people to to validate or to see, and and they're just not educated on the. Um, the PARQ that's out there, the assessment that, that Bill Barnett helped um, to bring about, and, and you know, all of the, the research that's been done by Amy Baker and, and Dr. Miller, Dr. Stephen Miller. And, and I just, you know, I find it interesting that, that a lot of people um, haven't, haven't seen these. And, and so it's about, it's about educating people, about letting them see. Um, I, as part of my story, um, I'm also, the, uh, I am, a, um, I'm a survivor of domestic violence. And so, um, one of the, one of the things that, um, that I understand from, because I have had conversations with people in the domestic violence, um, arena, I do understand that it's, you know, it's hard when you have uh, an active domestic violence case. Um, and so, uh, and there's coercion in that, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I do understand the concern of the domestic violence groups um, and the domestic violence society. Again, um, you know, I, having been there myself, I understand. But I, I think that we need to have some balance 
Um, you know, because just because just because some you know, just because some people are commit domestic violence doesn't mean that all all children who refuse to see their parents are because of because there has been some domestic violence. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Hmm. Because it seems like what what I'm getting is that with domestic violence, if a woman says that in court, then the father right away jumps to parental alienation, and then they give the child over to the father, hence the abuser. That that can happen. That can happen, and and men can say domestic violence too. Just as you know, there's there's a large percentage of men that. Are, um, are victims of domestic violence. Um, so, you know, yeah. So, just, you know, if somebody says there's domestic violence, you know, whichever the parent says it first, right? It may be true. It may not be true. But we have to, you know, we have to investigate it. We can't just automatically assume that it is true, mm-hmm. right? And we can't automatically assume that it's not true. Mm-hmm. So we have to, we have to do the investigation, and, and we have to, you know keep our keep our minds open to the idea that there's some maybe this um, alternate hypothesis too the alternate mm-hmm. hypothesis might be that this might be a, a PA case mm-hmm. you know do you think the the judges are um, or enough judges are aware of all of this well I don't I don't know if I could say that with any any authority because I have um, haven't surveyed every judge, but I, I think that in a general consensus, uh, I think that you would find that people within the within the community that work in this field would say that there's a lot of um, untrained um, judges and trained in this area. There's a, there's a lot of judges who are untrained in this area, um, you know. And just like with anything else, I I just think it needs to be uh, something that that they train on like any other new mm-hmm. thing that, that uh, although it's not a new phenomena, but you know, a, a new component to their decision-making process, they just have to have some more information about it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of, t- uh, when, when we're talking about, you know, how do we move forward with legislation and, and how mm-hmm. can we stop this from happening? You know, one of the things that has been brought up uh, um, on the committees that I'm on is, you know, can we mandate training for mm-hmm, this, mm-hmm. right? And what would that look like and and so on and so forth? Well, yeah, there, and I agree with you. There should be training. Um, I know that these judges have to get, what, credits uh, every, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's every year or every two years, you know, maybe I'll take these courses. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't know if parental alienation is one of them. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I don't uh, I don't profess to to know that either. Um, I I know that uh, again on the committees that I've been on, that is one of the things that we have talked about because in those on those committees in those areas or those states, um, it's currently not a requirement, mm. right? So um, I couldn't say it's for all the states, but um, you know, for a number of them, it is a it's not a requirement right now. A couple, you know, for example, a couple of years ago, um, the state of Missouri, it was probably four, maybe six years ago, um, you know, lose track of time. Mm-hmm. So four or six years ago, it became a requirement for um, licensed professional counselors in the state of Missouri to take additional training on suicide mm-hmm. before we could get our license renewed, right? So um, maybe it's something that, like like you just said, like they as a mandatory requirement for a CEU to take mm-hmm. um, so that they can, they can get their, I don't license renewed. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's just very difficult. It's just very, it's, it's like a touchy subject when someone brings up, you know, like domestic violence and then parental alienation mm-hmm. comes into it. And, uh, you know, it's, mm-hmm. people argue over this. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that we need to argue over it. I just think we need to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and I, I think that the more information we have, the <clears throat> the better we can make uh, better decisions we can make a, about it one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, also, right. And I, I always say there can be parental alienation outside the courtroom. I mean, you can be long since divorced and have your kids mm-hmm. be turned on you, brainwashed, and it, it can happen outside of a courtroom. Well, sure, yeah. Um, working with a lot of high-conflict custody, high-conflict divorce cases, you know, like anything in life, there's a spectrum. You know, mm-hmm. some people some people alienate their kids, call them mildly alienated, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's, stuff, it's stuff that they do that we don't even think about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this phenomena that came about, I don't know when this came about, but I remember, I remember maybe a decade ago, the first time I heard it was, there's these things called divorce parties. Have you heard of these things? No. Like, yes, when you get a divorce, there's this, there's this idea that we have a party about our divorce. Hmm. Like, just like you have a shower or whatever else, you know, like, like, a, you know, that may seem like something, you know, pretty, I don't know, playful or whatever, you know, thank goodness I'm rid of them or whatever. But, you know, if you have a child, it's not appropriate for your child to go to your divorce party. Exactly. Exactly. Right. But they may not be thinking about it that way. Right. They may not be thinking, well, I'm trying to get my child to hate this other person. They're not even thinking about it like that. You know, I I think sometimes people do things and they don't, it it doesn't, it doesn't come, they don't think it all the way through or they don't mean for it. There's no intent for it to be that way, but it is that way. You know, in um, Desperate Housewives, there was a, there was a, one of the shows in, in Desperate Housewives is it, it's a perfect alienation scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and it's so, it, it was, it's comes across so calm and so um, acceptable. I, I, I love foreign films and I was watching a, a Russian film not that long ago. And, uh, and there's a, there is some alienation behavior in that, right at the beginning, uh, the mom and the dad, they're divorced, and the mom comes up, and she says, what are you doing? I've been waiting in the car. You know, get in the car, and the son's like, I want to, you know, I, I asked to stay longer, and and then the next scene is the, the boy is getting something out of the car, and he sees a, a, a big present in the back, and, and the boy says, oh, can I have that? And he's, and the father says, no, that's not, that's not for you, and the mother turns him around and says, I told you, he has another family now. Like all of that behavior, mm-hmm. but you know, it's showing up in our TV shows, in our sitcoms, mm-hmm. in our docudramas, you know, in our movies as socially acceptable behavior, you know? And so if you, if you're not looking for it, if you're not thinking about it, it it's happening all around us and, and we're becoming numb to the idea that, you know, that it's okay to say a snide remark or, um, oh, another show that I saw. Um, it's called uh, Vice Principals. Uh, another show. There's a perfect scene in there where there's alienation happening, and it's it's. If I wasn't aware of it, I might not. I might not see it. I just might see it as, you know, the quote unquote typical divorced parent being snarky with each other and having a bad co-parenting relationship mm-hmm. and putting the kid in the middle. But all of that wears on a child, and mm-hmm. so I think sometimes there's the mild things that happen. You know, and then there's the blatant things that happen. There's the, you know, the mom or the dad asking the kid to take pictures in the parent's house or, you know, they set up a false Facebook account and Facebook stalk them or, mm-hmm. you know, or they tell the kid that, you know, they, they cry over the, over the divorce and they, you know, even though the child may be with the parent or, you know, week on week off or every other weekend or whatever, you know, the parent waits until the child gets home to like be crying and falling apart, mm-hmm. you know, or, or even talking about, you know, the other parents because they think the child upstairs and asleep. You know, I have kids tell me all the time, Miss Colleen, I, I snuck downstairs and I was behind the sofa. Mm-hmm. Right. I snuck downstairs and I sat, I waited in the, in my, in the hallway and I heard my, 
my dad, my mom talking on the phone. That's what they do. They want to know what's going on. Who wouldn't mm-hmm. want to know what's going on? Suddenly right. your whole world is falling apart. Who wouldn't want to know what's going on? So, you know, there's, there's the, the little things that seem benign, but when you add them all up, they seem like a lot. And then there's the, you know, then there's the, the blatant and deliberate things that happen. You know, if somebody's really an active alienator, mm-hmm. right? So I think, I think sometimes it's easy to miss because people disregard it as you know, typical divorce behavior. Right, right. right. And they and and again, it's like a norm. Sure. So to some extent, some of the mild stuff may come across as, again, nobody may think a divorce party is, you know, whoever thought of that phenomenon. But mm-hmm. nobody nobody is thinking I'm doing that to alienate my kid. But in that sense, you're going to. Right. I I, I did not have a divorce party. I, that I never even thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I think I've heard of those back when I was getting divorced, but I just never thought of that. That just never entered my mind. I don't know, because it's such a bad situation. It's hard on the kids. Sure. Yeah, not everybody I, thinks of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, they should. <laughs> sure. And, and so, you know, I think going back to the, you know, the training, I, I, did, I think an awareness. Um, I think that, I think that if, um, again, being a survivor of domestic abuse, um, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't want anyone to think that my abuse was, um, just some mild abuse. You know, I, I understand having a gun to your head and having the trigger pulls. Like I understand the violence that can happen in your home and, and the fear of of your life being taken i totally understand that mm-hmm. so i do not take it lightly right. I, I think that i think that there can be a balance though there should be a balance and and you're right and these lawyers and judges have to be educated enough to understand that and not jump the gun on anything yeah in any direction i think Right. You know, they jump to these conclusions before you even get in there <laughs> into that courtroom. And they, they, uh, I don't know, they've just got to slow down. Well, I, um, I think some people might disagree with you on the slowing down. Some people might say it takes too long anyway. <laughs> right. Well, I right. mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know things get dragged out and there's mm-hmm. got to be a faster resolution. But I guess what I'm trying to say is they've got to slow down on these jumping to conclusions so quickly that they are sure. tearing a family apart. Sure. Um I, I think I think that just more more information, the more informed you are, the better decisions you can make. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And you know, what do you um, think of a call to action for your audience to make changes in their states? Uh, people often wonder what to do. People say, "Well, people are just talking about it, and nothing's happening." What 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 can the audience do? to help make changes and get progress oh, going? Sure. So um, uh, uh, one of the things that people can do <clears throat> is, you know, instead of, and I don't think this happens with everybody, but I, I think that there may be um, enough on one side or the other that the, that the conflict continues, mm-hmm. you know, um, go to the, go to your state domestic violence group right um and uh and and talk to them find out what their needs are and their concerns are and 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 what is it about pa that that makes them you know uh, kind of get nervous about children ending up with abusers like and share your stories with them and and maybe through the sharing there can be a there can be a commonality that you can find where the the truth of the matter is and I think this is true. Now, 
what both sides really care about is <clears throat> is that you know children and women and men um, can can be in relationships that are healthy and whole, and they're they are there as an agency to help enforce or to help provide information so that people aren't getting hurt. You know, um, so just you know, talk to them, find out find out what they do and don't know. You know, um, they can look on and and um, they can look on uh, Legiscan. It's L E G I S C A N dot com. Okay. You can look there. Um, there's, that'll show you legislation that's going on in your in your state, mm-hmm. um, and you can even set some notifications to track bills about any um, bills that you see that might might look like bills that would address things with um, equal shared custody or PA or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Coercion. Um, and, uh, but you'll have to do some, they'll hit, they would have to do some searches, you know, like for custody, parent alienation, coercive control, you know, and they can find those bills that have those wordings in it and then they can kind of track them. Um, and once you, once they look at the bills, they can become aware of, um, you know, who's, who's, uh, presenting the bill, who's supporting the bill. They can make phone calls to their, their local, their local state representatives uh, and senators and talk to them. Um, they can, um, they can contact the committees. They can see if they can go and uh, submit their testimony. They can write like a one page testimony and submit it and see if they can go and, and be part of that uh, process. Um, so uh, those are some things that they, that, that they can do to make a change. Uh, you know, uh, again, they can become part of the process uh, to to make some some significant and substantial changes. We've had we just recently had a bill get passed in Florida. Um, you know, and all of those all of those are grassroots um, organizations that are making these things happen. It's all this grassroots and and people getting together and just continuing to spread the word. Uh, a lot of people don't sure. know any of this. I mean, some people don't even know what domestic violence is, much less parental sure. alienation. So, I mean, sure. that's why you and I are here <laughs> trying to educate people. A lot of sure. people just don't know. And um, and our kids are paying dearly for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to just, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you. I think that that is true. I, I know even when I was, um, you know, I was, I, I go and I tell my testimony at high schools about my domestic violence and domestic abuse. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I was the first female to graduate uh, from college in my family. I was an officer in the United States Army. And wow. I could not keep myself safe in my own home on Fridays and Saturday nights. And if back then you had asked me, it, if I, like, I knew getting beat up and, and eventually having a gun to my head was not cool and not okay. Mm-mm. But if you had said to me, that's domestic violence, I would have looked at you and said, what are you talking about? I couldn't, I didn't even know what that was. I couldn't even, I didn't really, I didn't know what was happening to me. I had no idea what that was. Oh, that's terrible. Um, yeah. And I think it's the same for some people um, in, in situations of uh, parental alienation. They don't know what's happening until it's, you know, until it's happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Um, and, you, and they it, find themselves in it. Right. Because it's so insidious and you don't realize it's happening until it's, it's happened and you're, you're just in shock. Sure. No, not and not every alienator is is an aggressive alienator. Like I said, you know, the the parent who has the divorce party or the parent who talks about, you know, the other parent, you know, what an idiot they are, or you know, how how dumb they are, or they're always late. Blah, 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 blah. They, I, they're they're not 
those people aren't intentionally alienating some of them, mm-hmm. right? But they right. are because right. they're not educated either. Definitely, you know, they're just they're just saying what they're just saying what comes to you know, um, you know. I I think on on some level in our society, it's good to say what's on your mind, but mm-hmm. I also think that we need to regulate what we say, right? So. Um, and when I work with parents, I tell them that, and I say, well, you know, when your, when your five-year-old asks you where babies come from, you give them a whole story about storks or angels or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you're, you know, when your 17-year-old asks you, that's, that's an entirely, that's a science, you know, project. That's an entirely different story now. Now we're right. talking about sperm and eggs and. Right, like, right. Yeah. You know. So it's okay. I think it's okay to tell people things, but I think we have to, I think we have to, you know kind of pace ourselves on it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And um, to go back to that house bill that was passed in Florida, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It's how it's house bill 241. Yes. Okay. And it is domestic violence injunctions. So it authorizes the court to take certain actions regarding care, possession. Um, and it just keeps going. Uh, it explains that. So it's house bill 241 that was passed in March 10th of 2020. Um, that's one. There was another one that was just passed. Um, hold on one second. Um, caveat, it, um, so there's, there's been a couple on coercive control that the parental alienation uh, community has really, um, has really taken that foundation and moved forward with it. Okay. There was one that was, just um, hold on one second. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to make you dig for it. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. Um, so um, it was just passed. It was probably passed just a couple of weeks ago. I want to say. Let me just look. Um, Let me see here. Um, I know there. What? Let me see. There was a bill action for July twelfth to end human trafficking, but I don't know if that was passed. It doesn't seem like it was yet. Here. I'm sorry to ask. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's all right. Um, it's the Florida Parents' Rights Bill. Um, okay. And uh, it was just passed. I'm just trying to see when it was passed. That's like in June or July 1st. Um, anyway. Um, but there is a, there is a, um, I could, well, if your audience looked up, Parental Rights Florida, so parentalrightsfl.org. Um, they'll be able to they'll be able to find the guide for it um, and how and how it's helping. So, um, and it it basically the bill is pointing out that each parent has a right to for education and care and the upbringing of children and the right to enroll children in public school and to and to have access to the kids records and you would think all that goes without saying I'm sure but right um but just making sure that all parents have all access to their health care and their school um so well that's good I'm looking at it right um, now yeah yeah. Oh, you, you found it? Okay. I've, yeah, actually, it is saying House Bill 241, Parents' Bill of Rights. Yeah, I, I, they added on to it, but, but I wanted to make sure you understand that it was passed before 20. It was passed before 2020. It just fully got passed. Right. So um, it's pretty exciting. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it says 2021, but there's no date as to when it was passed, yeah. but at least there's progress being yeah. made. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, 
what was it like studying with uh, Dr. Amy Baker? Um, so I ha my three mentors are Amy Baker, Linda Gottlieb, and uh, Steve Miller. So I feel like I hit the trifecta. You did. <laughs> you sure did. So um, blessed. It feels very blessed. I am very blessed. Wow. So you had to probably write, obviously, a dissertation and everything. And um, so did they mentor you in that? Um, no, I, I had already finished my doctorate um, okay. when I, I think the first time I heard of PA was, I want to say it was the, um, it was probably the late spring, early summer of 2015. That's the first time I'd ever heard that word. Okay. Which considering I started going to undergrad school in 1993, that, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like people haven't really just, well, they've recently started talking about it in around that 2015 era area. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was reaching a, a, a more heightened uh, awareness, maybe. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, it seems like it seems like a lot. Um, it seems like there was kind of this upswing in, in information. Uh, before that, it, there was there was a there was a information happening, but it seemed to be um, kind of trickling along, but it seems to have done this huge upswing in the last um, several mm -hmm. years, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, is there, there's a symposium coming up in October. Um, um, what's yeah. going on? Sure. So um, in October, there's going to be a symposium that's going to be um, put put on by um, Family Access, Fighting for Children's Rights, and it's how to cope with the emptiness. Um, and the the audience for that is um, people that are having a hard time dealing with the grief of losing their children. Right. I mean. Right. This is it's very hard. Um, you know, the grief is the grief is real, and it's hard to reconcile. It. Um, because they're, they're still alive, right? Right. Um, so it's going to be geared towards pe helping people deal with their grief. It, it is currently going to be in person, mm -hmm. um, unless something substantial changes. Um, and it's going to be October 15th through October 16th. Okay. And where's that going to take place? Uh, Sure, that's going to be in Durham, North Carolina. And uh, Dr. Steve Miller will be there. Um, Linda Gottlieb will be there. Um, Dr. John Killinger will be there. Dr. Uh, Mark Mosk will be there. Um, Sue Kornbluff, Dr. Kornbluff will be there. Um, Dr. Carol Golly will be there. Uh, I will be there. I'll be the moderator. Oh, awesome. That's great. And now, so we're, we're really, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just saying, we're, we're really looking forward to, um, to, to um, just meeting people and, and, and meeting the community and, and really helping people in the community. There's a lot of, um, you know, I hate to it, well refer to Facebook, but there's a lot of parents suffering and grieving over children that are, they're walking around that, but the children don't want anything to do with them. Sure. And it's good you're having the symposium. Um, how did you decide to, when, when did you decide to put this together? Well, I didn't put this together. Oh. Um, <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a big project. So um, Elaine Cobb and uh, Dr. Stephen Miller. Dr. Stephen Miller is the director, and uh, Elaine Cobb uh, is uh, co helping coordinate it. And Steel Partners is um, sponsoring it. So um, yeah, I'm just the moderator. I'm just showing up, and I'm the I'm the comic relief in between. And I will be putting on. Uh, I will have. Uh, putting on some some information there myself but um no, i i think that uh 
I would I would not take credit for putting this together. It's far too big of a project. Yeah, it sounds like a very intense project. Um, how can parents get a hold of you know, to go to this? Sure. If they go to Family Access Fighting for Children's Rights dot com, that's Family Access Fighting for Children's Rights dot com. Uh, you'll be able to to go there and see that there's an event calendar and it's um, an upcoming event. And you can click on that and it'll bring you to it. And you can just click on there and and, and register. And you know, that'll be great. I think there's going to be, I, well, I don't think, I know there's going to be a lot of great information um, that is going to truly help people. Uh, as they as they deal with this and, and offer, um, you know, I think the being it, it, one you'll they'll be able to meet with a community of other like-minded people that are also struggling with the same things, and two, they'll be able to meet with experts in the field that truly understand um, the the things that they are going through. Some of the you know. Um, some of the people that are there are alienated. Uh, the, some of the um, the uh, speakers are, and so you know if they don't just. It, it's like me when I work with domestic violence survivors. I tell them I'm not. I'm not just telling you this from a book. I like. I also understand from mm -hmm. from a very uh, real perspective. Also, mm -hmm. so I think that's that's always nice when mm -hmm. when somebody's not just telling you from a book, but they're also telling you from like. Your your walk is not my walk, but I do have a I do have a mutual understanding, and I think that really comes across, and uh, in, in will come across in some of the uh, the presentations. And I think that people will leave. I know that people are going to leave with some great tools that mm -hmm. are really going to help them uh, that that they can use um, and make connections with other people so that they can stay connected. Um, not to talk about you know. Uh, not just to keep talking about the the bad parts, but to encourage one another and to and to lean on each other during these times uh, when sometimes it becomes overbearing uh, birthdays mm -hmm. or Christmas or you know Mother's Day or Father's Day. And it's just very difficult. The holidays are just so hard for people. Sure, sure. Well, you know, will this be uh, recorded so people can? um have access to it afterwards that's a really good question and i wish i had an answer uh, that's okay i don't that i don't that i don't know that i don't know if we're going to do we we, we had a conference um back in the beginning of may the middle of may i'm mm -hmm. sorry 2020 really messed me up i like i've lost a whole year in my head oh me too so. i <laughs> don't feel bad <laughs> so um so we recently had a conference and that was all recorded uh, we did a virtual conference and that was completely recorded so people can also get uh those recordings on the site also and the site uh, family access fighting for children's rights also has monthly um presentations we used to do them via um like a conference call but now we're doing them via zoom so you'll be able to see the expert you'll be able to look at powerpoint so i think i think that really brings in um some more personal you know it's not just somebody on the phone you'll actually get to see that the expert presenting uh once a month and some of the some of the monthly uh calls or the monthly trainings are one hour or they're two hours right? and all of those are free there's no charge every single expert that that participates in that donates their time to the uh, to do that um, and all that information is on the site oh that's good now as far as you know life now how is life for you right now um, in what way Oh, just you know, working and and in in your work, are you writing like a book or anything going on? So, um, no. Although uh, my, I have a couple of people that wish I would write a book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no. I have. There's so much work to do. 
there's so much work to do. Um, I'm presenting and I am uh, assisting with legislation and with um, writing recommendations for training. Mm-hmm. But uh, but other than that, and I still have an active client base. I um, I see anywhere from four to five clients a day. Um, so uh, in in about seventy five percent of our client load is um, high conflict, high con- custody divorces mm-hmm. and and in custody cases. And so those can be those can be really draining at the end of the day. So okay. um, yeah. So and. Uh, I like to take life just one little step at a time, but maybe that's on, maybe that's somewhere in my future. I finished, uh, I did do over the 2020, I I did do some research with Amy Baker. um, And so that got published. So, um, so we'll we'll see if I can fit anything else in. Well, maybe down, down the road later, you know, you, while you're doing all of this great work, you know, who knows, maybe four years from now, you'll be writing, putting things together. Sure. Yep. Um, I, I'm, um, I seem to always be doing something. So um, I'm sure that's on my list of things to do uh, at some point. I, I really am quite content to, to do the work and let other people write. But um, mm-hmm. I also know that that is something that, that benefits everybody when, when those that are doing the work share. Um, when I was in the military, um, I helped to write concepts, uh, team and equipment concepts for um, homeland security things. So, um, so I know that I know that those who do the work um, in the field are really important to, to for their voices to be heard. Um, so, uh, so maybe that'll be on there sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, is there any way if uh, people want to contact you, uh, mm-hmm. is, there, is there a website that they can reach you at? Yep, sure. So um, my website is um, Victors, V-I-C-T-O-R-S hyphen or dash, however you think about it, uh, crown, C-R-O-W-N dot com. That's victors-crown.com. Okay, that's good. Yeah, people may want to contact you. Um, sure. Yeah, I'd like to have you on as a return guest as well, you know, maybe after the symposium, and let us know how all that went, too. Sure, that'd be great. I'd be happy to. Oh, great, because we have to spread the word. We have to, you know, keep educating. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I just, I just really want to encourage your audience to know that, that, uh, that they're not alone, that there are, there are people out there fighting with and for them, and that I highly encourage everybody, um, to do what they can when they can, Mm -hmm. as, as much as they can. So, you know, if they can get involved by you know, going to a symposium and meeting people and connecting other people up or a conference, meeting people and connecting other people up, then do that. If they can get involved on their local level by going to, you know, the state domestic violence group and and chatting with them, you know, in an informational way, um, then, then do that. If, if they, if they can get involved uh, in a legislative way by, by doing some of the, the work with, the state representatives and and the senators, then do that. Um, You know, one of the things that keeps people uh, engaged or one of the things that keeps people alive is by having a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Man without a division will die. So if they, if, if they find something, I know that it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I have clients that, that their stories break my heart. Mm-hmm. And I, I see the pain of the children when they come. And, uh, and I know it's hard. But sitting around isn't making it easier. Mm-hmm. And getting involved isn't putting it aside. Getting involved is actively moving towards a better tomorrow. 
if not for them in their case, maybe for their grandchildren or somebody else's children. Well, I often say, you know, advocacy chooses you. And with what you had gone through with domestic violence, this has led you to all of this. Helping people. Yeah. I, yeah, I would have never thought that. <laughs> um, I, I didn't. I, I, if you had asked me when I was a kid what I, how I thought life was going to go, I would have told you I'm just going to be a mom. Right. Yeah. And sometimes our lives just don't turn out like that, but it just, some people, you know, we, we go through what we go through, even myself, and uh, mm -hmm. here we are, you know, uh, advocacy has chosen me as well. I, I didn't go looking for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I, I promise you, when I did my dissertation, I really did think I was just going to work with women in domestic violence shelters for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. That's, that's amazing. Well, I'm so glad to have you on, Dr. Murray, and I'll have you back on. Okay. Um, okay. Slam, yeah. Slam the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in the family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marion Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Join us again in the future with Dr. Murray and other guests. Thank you so much. Thank you.